You are listening to the Bikepacking Buds podcast. Bikepacking Buds aims to connect and build a community of bikepackers throughout the UK. This podcast will share tips and stories of epic and everyday adventures. Hosted by Kat Green and me, Saoirse Potty. Welcome to the third episode of the Bikepacking Buds podcast. My name is Saoirse. Each fortnight, myself or Kat will be interviewing a different member of the bikepacking community. We want to share their amazing and diverse stories with the hope that it will inspire future adventures. The episodes will be available on Spotify. Just search Bikepacking Buds and tune in at a time that suits you. Now on with the show. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking to the wonderful Josie about her and her adventures with her dog, Connie. After injury stopped Josie from rock climbing, she started cycling as a way to get outside. She soon discovered bike packing and fell in love with the opportunity it presented to explore and travel. Last year, Josie undertook her first solo bike packing trip around Scotland alongside her dog, Connie. We're going to be talking to Josie about her three-week tour of the west coast of Scotland, hearing some of Josie's tips about bringing your dog on adventures and find out what's next for this awesome duo. Josie, welcome to the Bikepacking Buds podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak to us and sharing your story. I was wondering if we'd get started by you telling the listeners a bit about you and your dog, Connie. So um, I started cycling just before lockdown really I had an injury well carpal tunnel from um, from work um, and I used to climb a lot so that combination didn't really work for me um, and so I just sort of tried to find something that was still getting me outside um, and yeah someone suggested getting on a bike uh, then lockdown happened and it was just such a good way to get outside um, but I really wanted to take Connie with me. Um, she used to come climbing with me, but uh, the kind of climbing that I used to like doing, she'd always, I'd want to go and do big long climbs. Um, so yeah, I couldn't really expect her to just sit at the bottom of the crag. <laughs> um, so cycling proved to be really good because I worked out a way of bringing her along with me. So we started just doing little rides from Berwick when we could um, and I put her in a bobyak trailer which is just a little single wheel trailer that connects to the back and yeah she's she loved it so we've just been sort of doing adventures ever since. That's so cool I, um, I want to talk to you later about the equipment because I know that when you did your Scot- Scotland trip you didn't mm-hmm. use the trailer and I'd, I'd love to speak to you about Uh, for myself and other dog lovers out there (laughs) um the different methods that you've tried um to bring your dog along with you but before we get too much into all the dog chat because I might not stop how (laughs) how did your cycling so you started off basically doing short trips from your home and taking her in the bob yak trailer how did you first fall in love with bike packing and how did the bike packing element of your cycling journey develop? Well yeah so actually thinking about it um, I kind of got into cycling probably just before lockdown because um, a friend of mine uh, well we wanted to go away and um, 
and we decided that we were going to go to Amman and we were looking into the trip and how to kind of travel around um, and we just thought that yeah he, he was quite into cycling so we just thought that would be the best way so um, he convinced me to buy uh, a little gravel bike off um, eBay and um, we packaged you know took them all apart put loads of bubble wrap all over them um, and put them on the plane uh, and it it was brilliant it was such a good way and I think that's when I really fell in love with it um, it's such a good way of traveling around especially somewhere like that um, you were, you know you were cycling through tiny little villages um, avoiding sort of the main roads yeah I just got some really lovely conversations because I think you're much more approachable on a bike and mm. um, you know especially if you were to hire a car you're just in the bubble and you're just driving around and um, what I loved about the bike is you you know you'd be going down the little streets and then you'd see something that caught your eye on the top of the hill or something and you can just put your bike down and go to it where I think when you're driving by the time you've sort of seen something and then you stop and find somewhere to park and yeah you often just keep driving and don't stop so that that was definitely sort of what made me rediscover cycling from when I was a child really. I I really relate to the the speed element as you were saying I think for Mm -hmm. me when you're when you're in a car you see something and you're like oh cool that's really awesome and, and it's gone and yeah. when you're like walking or running you take it all in you don't get very far whereas cycling <laughs> seems to be this middle ground where you're going slow enough that you can take everything in and you can just like stop and take a picture and take scenery but every day then you're like whoa I've traveled really far I can't believe I've done that distance that's crazy I just love the um like you said, like even though the pace feels quite slow, um, at the end of the day, you look back on the map uh, sort of, of of the distance you've covered. Um, amazing. The the Amman trip sounds incredible. I love that you dived straight in. You just were like going straight for it. But why <laughs> why Oman? And yeah, I'd love to know more more about the trip. How long did you go for? How did you choose? What route you went? Like any particular highlights for anyone that's maybe thinking about doing a trip there so I I just remember about I think 15 years ago I remember chatting to someone um around a campfire and uh we would I think I'd just come back from Morocco maybe and he I think he'd been serving in the military or or something like that anyway he'd he'd spoken about Oman, Oman and the way he sort of spoke about it it just I just it just clicked something in my head that oh one day I'll I'll make it there and then me and Dan just thought where should we go you know we fancy going somewhere a little further afield than Europe and um, we just looked into it and um, it's just an amazing country to travel around Um, it's fairly liberal Um, it's yeah pretty easy to travel around I felt I've never felt safer in a country before I never had to lock my bike up Um, people were just you know as soon as they saw you they'd ask if you needed a drink um the amount of times you'd be cycling along and people would wind down their window and just hand you a, a nice cold bottle of like sprite or something um and yeah everyone was just lovely um we started uh, at the capital and sort of went through into the mountains and then i think that was probably my favorite day actually is um Jabal Shams, it's the it's the big mountain in the middle of Amman, and um, 
it's I can't remember how how high it was it's pretty high um, <laughs> and we, we, we started cycling and dad was like come on you can make it we can definitely cycle up this and I think within the first like few hundred meters I was like I definitely can't cycle up this uh, we even had like music kind of um yeah just to try and like you know keep the energy up um but uh everyone everyone in Amman travels around on these flatbed um trucks which is actually really useful because <laughs> um they can give you lifts everywhere and so if someone stopped and said oh you look like you're struggling would you like a lift I immediately said yes and so um he we put the bikes on and gave us he gave us a lift but only his uh his youth hostel was about three quarters of the way up so he he gave us a lift to there and then we got back on our bikes and we started cycling and then all the day trippers at the top thought we'd uh cycled the entire (laughs) (laughs) and so there was a nice applaud for us when we got up to the top oh that's so (laughs) nice um but and then yeah just the cycle back down again was amazing uh yeah we camped at the top overnight because camping's really really easy in Oman as well um it's kind of a like national pastime um so every weekend you'll see everyone just move, sort of getting out of the city and then just setting up these amazing camps you know with with carpets and you know barbecues and everything so wild camping's totally normal out there yeah I'd highly recommend it that is absolutely incredible. I um, used to actually, I worked for a little bit out in Dubai and we hired a car and went into Oman for a long weekend. And I remember driving up, we we're in the rental car and we actually had it in first gear and we couldn't, we couldn't get up. So the <laughs> fact that you did that on a bike, yeah, is kudos to you. Well, well done. A quarter of it maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back down was uh, just... Yeah. With, um, hard actually <laughs> but I can imagine like that must have been yeah I guess your brakes you, you wanted to make sure you had some good brake pads yeah. on that <laughs> what was what was the temperature like at the top where you were camping uh really cold so yeah, yeah that was another thing yeah um because it's it's that dry desert kind of um climate it's it was pretty warm I think we went in it was February 2020 so Mm. yeah it was um it's pretty warm in the day uh but I mean you've got to cover up anyway so which actually helps with the heat so that wasn't a problem really but yeah during the night you needed your thermals and your down jacket because yeah the heat would just disappear yeah it's quite a challenging um I guess environment to plan and pack for that extreme heat and cold yeah yeah just I guess just um I mean it's when you you know when you go um bikepacking in the winter you know you've got your big down sleeping bag you've Mm. got your down jacket and it just even though they're not very heavy they take up space yeah and then it's such a difference for when you're like summer you know bivvying and things where you really take much at all I had um I had the big sort of panniers on the back um for that trip uh, in Oman so I had quite a lot of space but um yeah we, people would give you gifts in the, as you went through the villages and the, they'd usually be like two kilo bags of dates and things <laughs> like that and he's like oh great that's, that's really lovely thank you um, and then you'd be cycling around with the yeah. very ha- heavy bags of dates and coffee <laughs> oh bless you oh that sounds the people sound incredible it sounds really mm. really nice and I think you know um 
you describing it as someone who cycled through it or I only drove through it it sounds like you had a much you got to interact with people a lot more and that's really cool aspect of it yeah yeah and it's it's the same everywhere you go it's the same in Scotland as well um yeah everyone should cycle the north coast 500 they shouldn't drive it no more campers just cycle it you'll have a great time that'd be great yeah (laughs) now we ask our guests to submit a photograph of them on a bike trip that represents a happy memory for them all our guests photographs are amazing but yours literally melts my heart (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the picture is of you on a bike you obviously got a massive smile it's a beautiful sunny day scenery looks lush but you're not the only one on the bike because sitting behind you in like a red kind of plastic box looking over your shoulder is a gorgeous collie dog um (laughs) connie i was wondering if you could tell us more about you know that picture and yeah the context of that yeah, so that's um, that was taken pretty much exactly this time last year, um, and it was um, the first sort of long trip I'd done since COVID. Um, it was I'd planned the trip, so it, it, I started on the day that we were allowed to <laughs> finally go sort of a certain distance away from mm-hmm. home. So um, I'd been packed for like, gosh probably about two months everything was packed in the corner of my room ready to go <laughs> um and then yeah we did uh, so me and Connie we drove to Campbelltown um and then we left the van there and we got onto the Caledonian Way um which is this really good cycle route from Campbelltown and it goes all the way to Inverness um and it's a lot of it's on very quiet roads or the old sort of railway lines and canals and things so um yeah it's a, re- it's a really good route I really enjoyed it um and so we spent um what well, ended up being three weeks because some of the ferries weren't running at that time but we went sort of Campbelltown to Fort William and then got on the train to um Arisig. went up through Sky um over to Lewis and then down, oh, the US, then down through the US islands, and then Barra, um, Collins Bay, and then back to Campbelltown. Um, so we were on Sky uh, when that photo was taken. Out of the three weeks, we'd only had this, we only had one, well, two days of rain, which was pretty amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd had a pretty bad day the day before. Um, it had been, torrential rain um headwind and we were cycling the um sort of broadford to portree road on sky which is is pretty horrific really like everywhere else is so nice to cycle but um that road it's it's the only road um in that area so all of the traffic on sky is going along that road um and of course i've got connie in the back and it's a pretty heavy bike um mm. so this the bike that i take for this trip um it's an electric bike because i just with connie on and all the stuff um i can't cycle up those hills yeah um, on my own i i couldn't even push it on my own i don't think so, <laughs> <laughs> so i just yeah I, I don't know what i'd do so yeah i need i need the electric bike but it's it's quite heavy so I mean, it's pretty stable, but um, 
you know, when you've got a massive sort of logging truck not really giving you much room and sort of going past you really fast, it's, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I, I was almost in tears. <laughs> um, and so it's uh, been raining and all my stuff was soaking wet. Um, so I actually, I, when I do these trips, I do give myself like a get out of jail card and mm-hmm. I, I t- tell myself I can use it once. So I, I decided I'd book myself into a hotel that, that night. And uh, so the only hotel on the whole of Sky that would, um, was uh, had a room and would take Connie as well was this four-star hotel on Ross Day so, oh, nice. and it was just meant to be because as I was coming as I was cycling over the, up the road I could see the ferry coming over from the island and I just yeah so I got straight on the on the ferry and then found myself at this really lovely hotel um drying all my stuff so it, there was like a four poster bed in the room and I had like my tent and everything just <laughs> hanging all over it, in the shower and all my clothes washing um, and uh yeah so I, I had sort of managed to dry off but um the next morning was just um again just wet and bleak and windy um and I didn't have a choice really I thought well I've got I've got a cycle so I got up really early I managed to do that bit of road that was pretty fast um and then just as I hit Portree it was like the sky just turned to blue um and it just turned into this really beautiful day um so I was cycling up around the Trottenish Peninsula which is stunning it's where the old man of store is and it's these like amazing rock formations and um it's just so beautiful um and as I was cycling along I could just I just heard this hello sort of <laughs> from behind me and I looked and it was um it was Dan uh and he was doing an amazing trip so it's Dan Beaumont and um he'd been cycling 10,000 kilometers um sort of in a kind of figure of eight around the UK uh, for charity yeah we just started cycling together um we, we got on really well um he's a really interesting guy and um so we cycled around the rest of the peninsula together and then I stopped for uh, for the night on a beach and he had a ferry to catch um but yeah just as we um parted ways he took that photograph and it was just oh. yeah it was just a really really lovely day even though it started not so good really memorable um, that's really and then we, yeah and so me and Dan we stayed friends and we met up again on that trip he managed by the time that I'd gone um through Sap North and South Uist and on to Barra he'd actually gone all the way up to the top of Lewis I got <laughs> all the way through Lewis all the way through Harris Uist and, and yeah caught up with me so that that's how slow I was going <laughs> what do you draw upon to carry on whenever it's a bit miserable um because it's never going to stay miserable um you know the rain will always stop at some point (laughs) (laughs) um and also Connie's not great in the tent so (laughs) um there's only so many hours you want to be stuck with Connie so um yeah yeah she she actually just you know because she's you know what dogs are like in the morning they're just full of beans and no matter what the weather is they just want to get out and get going so it definitely helps having Connie 
I can uh, strongly relate to that too. I've got a very persistent <laughs> collie that if I spend too long behind a desk, she just gets more and more. Her eyes are quite good at sending a message and her <laughs> general <laughs> self. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't care if it's raining or not. No. no. And um, so you've obviously, you've done some trips without a dog and then with a dog. Mm. Other than the equipment side of things, how have you adapted or adjusted those to kind of fit better with bringing a dog? Yeah, they're, they're really different trips. Um, you definitely have to adjust your expectations. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, so I've got the electric bike, which I use with Connie when I'm just on my own. But then I've got a gravel bike with the Bob Yak and... Um, you know whether you can share the loads a little bit with someone else um and then I've also got a mountain bike um that I can I've got a little rack that I put on the back and she can sit on that yeah you really have to sort of adjust your expectations of the distance that you can travel in a day um because I try and have Connie out as much as I can sort of running beside beside me but um I try and limit that for Connie it's probably about 25 30k a day mm-hmm. um if she's you know feeling fit um but it's really dependent I guess on on what kind of dog you've you've got um she's pretty comfortable in the in the trailer you know she'll happily sit there for an hour or so just and she even falls asleep does she um, <laughs> yeah yeah she really likes it um so yeah I'd definitely say you know, just even if she's in the trailer, I probably wouldn't want to do more than, you know, 60k a day, I don't mm-hmm. think, with her sort of in and out of the trailer throughout the day. Um, and then also you can't go fast, you know, downhill. You just, which yeah. is really disappointing for a lot of people because it's worked really <laughs> hard to get up to the top of the hill. And then that's the joy, isn't it, that you can just whiz down the hill and enjoy it. But with Connie you know she's if you're on a road or even just when she's following me you know I I, I feel really bad just whizzing off and she can't yeah. keep up so um you know I, I do slow down on the hills um which you know I'm used to now but when I when I go with other people I think they get a little bit annoyed sometimes <laughs> so you've got two different setups there you've got one where you've the Bob Yak if I'm right is like a single mm-hmm. wheel trailer why did you go for a single wheel trailer and how does that compare to having the crate at the back and the setup and the pros and cons mm-hmm. for both? Yeah, so I started with the Bob Yak with the single wheel trailer and I never tried the, the two wheel trailers. I just I just saw them and I just thought that's not going to work, I don't think, because um, you have to think a, a lot about the trailer behind you then because it's that much wider and where with the single wheel trailer it just follows you really easily um you know even when you're doing sort of single track stuff it's just you hardly notice it's on there so you know I've, I've gone down sort of pretty tame mountain bike routes with it on as well and it's it's been fine so that that did work with Connie she was fine I had to do quite a lot of training with her because um you are quite she is quite low to the ground um and she also has that habit of she wants to be able to see so yes. she's sort of like yeah so she'll sit up and then she'll just lean to the side just so she can see and um that can put you off balance quite a bit but you know it, it did it did work fine and I still do use it because she was a sheepdog 
I think she's used to being on the back of a quad bike. Um, and I just kind of, I just knew that she'd be more comfortable if she was up high. So when I saw the cargo bike and I knew I wanted to do this trip on my own, I had been looking at the, there's a, I think it's called the Salsa Black, Black Barrow, Black Barrow, which is just a normal, normal bike, normal, normal sort of cargo bike with that elongated back that you could put a crate on. But as I said, I, I kind of, when I saw the electric version, I was like, oh, that's going to suit me much better. So, um, so yeah, I, I put a fish crate on the back. Um, it's probably not the lightest. Option, <laughs> it, it's pretty solid and it works really well. And she, yeah, I just put her in it and she just immediately was really, really comfortable in it. Um, I think, yeah, she likes being up at the same level as me. To be fair, I probably would be more comfortable <laughs> rather than being on, you know, on a sort of trailer at the floor level. It must be quite scary, I think, you know, especially in traffic. So, um, yeah, she, she definitely prefers the electric bike. And then I bought a mountain bike fairly recently, about a year ago, and I started doing a lot of mountain biking, mainly because um, last year I went on a trip uh, with my friend Lizzie and she had a mountain bike and I had a gravel bike. And I just, I thought the mountain bike was kind of a bit more suited to what we were doing. So, yeah, so then I thought, well, if I'm doing trips like that and I want to take Connie, then I need to think of a way of having Connie on the, on the bike as well. So I put a, um, a, a bike rack on the back of my mountain bike and she just sits in a little, veg- uh, like a vegetable crate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that also works quite well. I think with the right training, you know, they're fairly good in, you know, in any of those setups. What kind of training did you have to put in place beforehand? Did you, do you, you say you rehomed her or did she kind of have those skills beforehand? Did you have to do a lot to kind of make her comfortable with it? Yeah, I didn't. So yeah, she was a sheepdog um, before I got her. So um, I didn't know exactly what she'd you know been doing before but um I assume she'd been on a on a quad bike before and I think she had because of the way she sort of took to it so easily mm-hmm. but um yeah we started just when I bought the bob yak I had it where I basically replaced her bed with the bob yak <laughs> um so she I just put her bed in there and she just had to sleep in it every night and then <laughs> <laughs> um and then I also fed her in it and just got her really used to it and then you know, I'd ask her to sit in it and she's always been pretty good like that. If you tell her to do something, she'll usually do it. You know, she'd been in a kayak and things before, so she's used to things sort of moving around her. So, yeah, I asked her to sit in it and then I just sort of drag it around the living room a little bit. just so she's <laughs> used, to, used to the movement. And then, yeah, I just um, just really little tiny little rise just around like the car park um, just for like, you know, a minute. And then just make a really big deal of it. Make it like it's a game, you know, like give her loads of treats and just loads of praise. And yeah, she was, yeah, she was always, she was always pretty easy to train to do it because I think she'd had that sheepdog training every now and again. um, Yeah, I just try and get her in it. Even if I'm not taking her out, I'll just try and like refresh her memory. Yeah, it's all about that positive kind of experience for them. Um, I did very similar thing with 
my dog and now sometimes when she sees me with the bike she'll automatically run and jump into she's like I want to come to inside (laughs) (laughs) they're so smart though they start to link it together and they're like hey you're going on the bike I'll come you know I was gonna say she saw Connie sounds like such a good adventure dog going on the kayak as well yeah yeah she's um I think she just I think she she's worked out that you know she she just wants to sort of be with you yeah so I think as your long as long as you're doing it with her she'll she'll um she'll put up with it (laughs) oh that's so lovely would you go on another adventure then after after your big Scotland adventure were you like okay I would definitely do this again or I'd rather do adventures on my own and have you got anything planned that trip I really didn't want to come home <laughs> um, yeah like I'd met um so I'd met Dan and I'd also met um another guy Matt and they were doing these big sort of whole summer long tours um around Scotland and um yeah I was pretty jealous of that oh, uh, yeah it's just so like you kind of get into especially after three weeks you get into this routine you know mm. you get up you pack all your stuff away you pack it all onto your bike start cycling have some cake, some coffee, keep cycling, you know, it, and then and then it, you do it all again the next day. And it's, um, yeah, you get into this sort of routine of it. And then so the idea of coming home and like back to work, it's um, a bit of a shock. Uh, so, yeah, I was planning, planning the next trip as soon as I got back, really. So I spent the summer sort of doing shorter trips with friends. Um, but I was meant to be leaving for Orkney tomorrow. Um, to do a similar trip actually for a couple of weeks um, with the electric bike and Connie Uh, but she's being a dog she's eaten something she probably shouldn't have I think and isn't feeling so good so uh, that might be postponed for for a week or two. Bless her Orkney sounds absolutely incredible though how how do you actually get to Orkney? So you can get a ferry from Aberdeen or Thurso I think um so I'm going to drive up to Thursday and then the plan is to drive cycle go over on the as a foot passenger with the bike yeah um, leave the van in Thursday and then cycle sort of around, around the mainland and Hoy and then from Kirkwall you can get um little boats out to all the islands because Orkney I think is made of like 70 something islands um and quite a few of them have people living on them and the roads and things so yeah I was just going to sort of island hop a bit around there um and then I think yeah I could then get the ferry Kirkwall to Aberdeen and then cycle Aberdeen back up to Thursday and try and make a sort of circular route yeah it depends I've only got two weeks this time so um we'll see wow oh I hope she starts to feel better soon and then you can take her off because that sounds absolutely incredible yeah hopefully the wind won't be too bad (laughs) (laughs) that's what everyone keeps saying that it's really windy (laughs) well hopefully the the e-bag that'll like help a little bit yeah what did you do in terms of charging for that longer distance how did you find that aspect of it like the charging um it was always fine so with even though it's an electric bike, I still kind of cycle pretty hard. Um, I still start like sweating and, you know, cause I, w- I, want, I want the battery to last as long as possible. So I only use it on the hills, basically. If it's mm-hmm. flat, you know, or downhill that, you know, it's off. And I try not to put it in anything other than the sort of lowest setting. 
Um, so if I do that, I could probably, I can get about 120K on it um, on, one, on one full charge. But it's it worked out quite well because it's an excuse to stop at a cafe and yes. have, to have a nice lunch <laughs> and or some cake and you know that they, they were always really happy to charge uh, to charge it as as I sat and ate so um, it worked really well. Is there any particular piece of advice you'd like to give um, to someone like me that wanted to incorporate an adventure with their four-legged friend? Yeah, I guess the tips would be to make it fun for the dog because that you know there's no if if your dog's not enjoying it then you know there's there's not much point really but dogs just love being around people and and playing and things so you know if you can make it fun for them then um then I think you know you wouldn't have any problems I guess adjust your um expectation of distance and speed yeah just sort of just short trips at the beginning you know I was just sort of going just down down to the local beach and camping there overnight just to see what it's like and you know because you have to take quite a lot of yeah I had to take you know the dog food obviously Mm -hmm. and there is some extra weight that you need to take and think about so yeah just little short trips at, at the beginning thank you so much that they're really really great tips especially like the one about actually putting the dog first and it's about their enjoyment you know and then yeah that's how you're gonna have a great time for everyone and thank you so much for joining and sharing your story and all the tips and if you want to find out more about Josie's story or hear some more of her tips just follow us at bikepacking buds on instagram or facebook where we'll make the show notes available. And if you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe and give us a good rating and share with all of your friends. <laughs> Each fortnight, we're hoping to speak to a different member of the bikepacking community in the UK. If you know of anyone that has an interesting story to share, please, we would love to hear from you. Thank you, Josie, and thank you for listening. Adios, amigos. <laughs>